Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right. So I'd like to preach to you about a reward. And uh, so this is talking about faith. This whole chapter is on faith. And we read about Abraham and his faith. We read about Enoch and his faith. About Noah and his faith. About Jacob and his faith. And you can go right down through this chapter and name off many, many folks that had faith in the Lord. And we want, we've got to a place today where we think we can do what we want to do and God will still reward us. But I want you to listen to the last part of this verse again. This is what the King James Version Bible said. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, there's a caveat to whether or not God's going to reward you. There's some circumstances. There's a measure that you have to meet if you want God's reward. Now, not everybody wants God's reward. Did you know that? We read over in Matthew, I believe it is, where the Lord is instructing His disciples. And He said that whenever you give your alms, to give them in secret, not to go out as the, as the men do and offer them openly where everybody can see so that men can praise you. The Bible says they have their reward. It says whenever you pray, to enter into your closet and pray in secret. It says not to pray on the street corners and all in the midst of the temple as some of the Pharisees do. And it says they have their reward. There's a lot of people in life that all they're interested in is the approval of man. That's all they're interested in as long as, as the folks around them think that they're okay or approve of what they're doing or how they're acting. That's their reward. But you know what? Men die, praise fades, and then what have you got? This is what the Bible says. Lay up your treasures in heaven where thieves cannot, cannot get in and moths cannot corrupt. For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. We read about the thief on the cross and you know when Jesus was being crucified and, and we studied a little bit about that in Sunday school this morning. You pray for me this morning. I'd really like to get to the Lord. I don't want to let Him down. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want you leaving here in the same shape that you were in mentally when you walked through the door. I want to say something to encourage you and help you and to let you know that there's better in this life than what you and I have. All right, there is a reward. Did you know that? And so the thief on the cross, there was a thief on the right hand and on the left hand. And whenever the 
the one on the left said, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the one on the right said, We're getting our reward. We're getting justly what we deserve. We were thieves. We got caught. We can't deny it. And so we're getting what we deserve. But this man, he's done nothing amiss. And so this man thought he was getting what he deserved. He thought he was getting the recompense of his behavior. He thought he was getting punishment for what he did. And, but the, he said this one statement that gave him a great reward. He turned to the Savior and he said, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And if he thought he was getting his reward hanging there on the cross, this is what he got. Jesus said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Did you know we're all just like that thief? We take days for granted, don't we? We take it for granted that God's going to grant us another day. We take it for granted that we can do what we want to and please this flesh and everything will be alright. We take it for granted that God's going to just give us whatever we ask for. That's not what the Scripture said, did it? Now I know I've quoted the Scripture to you. Ask and ye shall receive. But there's a qualification on that. It says that he that that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you want the Lord's reward, if you want God to bless your life, you have to diligently seek him. I know we're living in a day and age where people think very little of the church, where they say they don't need it anymore, where they say they can live just as good at home as they can at church. That's a lie Satan has told you. I'm here to tell you today, how could you be a Christian and not go to church? This is what the Bible says, Failing not the assembly. Well, I've heard that preacher, and I just do what I want to do. Failing not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. Have you heard the rest of the verse? But exhorted one another. How could I tell Miss Greg what a blessing she's been in my life if I don't meet her in the congregation in church? How could I tell Gary that the gospel that he preaches has been a blessing to me if I don't meet him at church? You've got a duty when you're saved. You've got an obligation as a Christian to exhort one another. This world is a rough place. This world is a place where you get very little encouragement. This world is a place where people want to stomp you out, stomp you down, put you out, and dismiss you altogether. This is the place where we're supposed to lift up one another and encourage one another and be a blessing to each other. And how can I do my part as a Christian except I come to the church? I know that's pretty, pretty straight. Preach the Word. It didn't say to sugarcoat it. It didn't say to tell you you were okay. And I'm not here to beat you over the head. I love Dutch bottles. Do you? I want us to have... we got a good church, don't we? I want us to have a better church. I want the power of God to be in Dutch bottles, don't you? I want it to come to the point of where nobody can deny that it was here. I want it to be so strong 
that sinners that are lost and undone without God get uncomfortable. That they squirm and hold on to the back of the pew. That they have to hit the door if they don't hit the altar. That's church, folks. That's where we need to strive. The Bible says strive for perfection. It never did say, Keith, that we'd ever get there. I've not got there yet. And I don't think you'll be able to get there. But I can tell you this, that don't excuse us from trying to be as good as God will let us be. I'm here to tell you today that we need God and we need His reward. Oh, folks, let me tell you this. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. If you wanted to find me, most of you don't have a clue. You know I work for the school system, but you wouldn't have any idea where to start to locate me on my job. But we have a directory here. You've seen my address on different things around the church. I would probably start, if I were you and I wanted to locate my pastor, I might go to the address where he lives. You might could find me there. Most days after I get off work, I make my way to the house. That's just how I am and the way that I do. And so you might could find me there. Well, if you're going to diligently seek God, don't you think you ought to start at the place where He abides? Don't you think you ought to start at the place where He lives? This is His house right here. This place don't belong to John Holt. This place don't belong to Mike Strange or Marty Coster. It's a house of God. I believe I'd start right there if I wanted to find Him. He's a rewarder of them. Diligently is a pretty strong qualifier, isn't it? That diligently seek Him. Now, I want to see our church house full, don't you? I do. I want to see it whenever you walk through the door, you have to do a double take. To find a place to sit down. But now listen. And, and I, I love it whenever we, whenever Christmas rolls around, when Easter Sunday gets here, and the crowd is larger. I love that. But if I only came two services a year, would that qualify as being diligent? Let's get a little closer. Do you want to? If I only came once a month, would that qualify as being diligent? Now, I'm just asking you, and you make your own judgment. That diligently, how much do we really want the Lord to reward us? We all have things we'd like to see the Lord do, don't we? We'd like to see our children saved. We'd like to see our children in church. We'd like to see... God intervene on situations in our workplace. We'd like to see God move by and resolve issues that we've prayed about for years. We'd like to see God move on spouses, move on moms and dads, move on, move on children and move on our neighbors to intervene, to change things for them to be different. How does that happen? How does God reward us in such a way as that? He rewards us when we diligently seek Him. All right. Remember the man Hezekiah? Hezekiah was a man that I, 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 just in my estimation, diligently sought the Lord. 
He was down there in Samaria. It was besieged. The enemy was all around the Assyrians. And the Assyrian king even sent him a letter and said, by this time tomorrow, we'll have conquered you. We'll have wiped you out in your city and your folks will be no more. And here's what Hezekiah did. He diligently sought the Lord. You know where he went? With the letter from the enemy. The enemy's written you a letter today too, Andy. You know what it says. You're never going to make it. You know what the enemy has written out for you and ascribed to you? He's told you you're going to be a miserable failure. He's told you, give up, quit, give in, go home. It's over with, you're done for. He's a liar and the father of it. So you do what Ezekiah did. Take the letter down to the prophet that's down there at the house of God, down to the temple like Hezekiah did to Isaiah and spread it out before the Lord and get down on your knees and you pray and see if God won't reward you. You know what the Lord did for Hezekiah? He breathed. God didn't make any big proclamation for Hezekiah, did He? There's a lot in there. Hezekiah's reward from God was that God breathed. Now read your Bible. He breathed on the Syrian army. And the following morning, there was 180,000, if I'm not mistaken, dead Syrian Soldiers, just because God rewarded Hezekiah for diligently seeking him. We want God to do big wonders, don't we? We want God, and there's a lot of people, that's the sole reason they go to church, is to see some great big miracle happen. Let me tell you about the greatest miracle. I'm glad this happened to me, Gary. The greatest miracle I've ever witnessed God did to me when He saved my soul. You see, friend, there's a miracle in you. There's a miracle in me. How? Why I was so unworthy if I'd have gotten my reward, if I'd have gotten what I deserved, I'd be like the thief on the cross. I'd have had to pay for my sins myself. If I'd have gotten what I deserved, I'd have had to burn in hell because I was lost and undone without God. If you'd gotten what you deserved, hell would be your home. But thanks be to God, He rewarded us. He sent His only begotten Son to die on Calvary's cross. And when He shed His blood, He paid the price that I did not to pay. He paid the price for my sin. You, if you got what you deserved, if you got your reward, you would have to pay for your sins. But Jesus, woo, paid it all. All to Him. Oh, aren't you glad that He gave you a great reward? You know how I got that, John? I diligently sought Him. I found out on my knees. I knew the only hope I had was in Jesus. I said, Jesus, 
Please save me. Said it over and over and over. And about the fourth or fifth time, I warned it with all that was within me. He spoke peace to my soul. I got eternal salvation as an eight-year-old boy that was over 40-something years ago. It's still real. It's still good. It's the best thing I own. And it's going to give me the glory when this life is over. What a reward. I told you I'd like to see your church house full. I'd like to see somebody saved, wouldn't you? But if he'd just come by and breathe on his key, that'd be all right. There's a, lot of, there's a message of itself just in that. Did you read about the dead men's bones, the valley of dry bones? How'd they come to life? The Lord breathed on him, didn't he? He needs to breathe a little life around here. We're too quiet. We get visitors and we sit still and we say nothing. We get up and walk out the door the same old miserable wretches that we are. We need to offer them something. We need to offer them the breath of God. We need to offer them the reward that he's offered us. Oh, folks, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This chapter that I read the scripture out of is on faith. How much do you have? It tells in the way we live. Did you know that? I make my request, but then I never go back and pray for it myself. I never go back and mention it on my own. I make my request, but I never diligently follow through with that. I don't go back. Remember the, and I guess I've mentioned it several times lately, about the widow woman and the unjust judge. I guess you could call that little lady diligent. This judge cared not and regarded not God nor man. He didn't care. He did what he wanted to to please himself. But he granted the widow's petition because she was diligent. Because she went back over and over and over and over. You may have gone back over and over and over and over. So the Scripture says, if this unjust judge would, would have granted this widow's petition, how much more would your Heavenly Father do just for you? I'm here to tell you today, don't, don't get weak, don't get low, don't give in, don't give up. God has a reward for you if you'll be diligent. Hezekiah was a diligent man, wasn't he? Now there's more to Hezekiah's story, so you go and read it. I believe it's in Kings. Is that not right, Gary? If I'm not mistaken. And you can read about him again over in some other books in the Bible. Maybe in Chronicles. 
you go and read Hezekiah's story. There's more to it than I brought out this morning. Let's look at another instance in Hezekiah's life where he was diligent and God rewarded him. The Lord sent Isaiah to Hezekiah's house and told him to set his house in order that he would die and not live. Now there's more to that than what we can just get out of that verse right there. Here's what we need to do, Dutch Bottoms. We need to set our house in order. When we're satisfied to go through the motions, we're out of order. When we don't make time for the Gospel, we're out of order. When we don't make time during the week to read our Bible, we're out of order. Whenever we don't take time to diligently seek the Lord, how could you find Him? I would dare say if I wanted to find the Lord, number one, I'd start with where His house is. I'd go there. Number two, I would call on His name and try to get His attention. Wouldn't you? Here's how you can do that. He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. It's not just going through the motions that's going to make the difference. It's not just a multitude of well-orchestrated words that's going to change your life. It's a cry from the bottom of a broken heart that God will hear and reward. We need to be a lot more diligent if we want to see God's reward. All right. Hezekiah was diligent. I had no idea I was going to preach about Hezekiah today. Isaiah went to his house and visited him and said, Set your house in order, for you'll die and not live. Now that would scare you to death, wouldn't it? Even if it was just an old quack like me who don't have a medical degree, knows very little about the human body or illnesses or diseases or anything like that. If I pointed my finger in your face and I said, you're going to die, it'd give you pause, wouldn't it? You'd hesitate for just a thought even though you knew I knew nothing about medicine. And here is Hezekiah, Hezekiah, Isaiah, the prophet of the Lord. And Isaiah is telling Hezekiah to set your house in order that you'll die and not live. We worry ourselves to death. I dare say everybody in here is worried at some point or another in the last three years whether or not they had COVID. You coughed. You got a little bit of sinus. And you thought, well, maybe. Or you had a hard time breathing a time or two. Or you may have actually had it. We worry ourselves to death about this flesh, this life. But we think very little about the spiritual man. And if we don't keep our house in order, the spiritual man will just get cold. He'll starve to death. We need to keep our house in order. So that we don't die spiritually. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but you lose the joy of it. David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Do you want to be miserable? 
starve this spiritual man to death. Set your house in order, Hezekiah, for you're going to die and not live. And how, what was Hezekiah's response, Bible readers? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he turned his face to the wall. And he prayed. What did he do? He diligently sought the Lord. Death scared him. It scares you. It scares me. But I'm here to tell you today, all the things that scare you, that's the very time you need to diligently seek the Lord. He turned his face to the wall. He must have been business, John. Because Hezekiah didn't have time to get out the gate of the front yard. The Lord spoke to, to Isaiah before he got out of the door. Before he left the property. And said, turn around. Go back. Hezekiah's diligently sought me. Go tell him that I'm going to add 15 years to his life. There's a lot of life left in Dutch Bottoms. You've got a lot of life left in you. Let's live every day and diligently seek the Lord. He's got a reward for you and a reward for me. There are children that still need salvation at Dutch Bottoms. They're worth diligently seeking the Lord for Proud of our young people. But now listen. You old folks aren't done. I read where Daniel was a ripe old age, but he was still able to do one thing, wasn't he? He was still able to pray. He was still able to diligently seek the Lord. The Lord still... I. I guess Miss Greg is probably the oldest one. I'm sorry, honey. She's probably the oldest one in the house today. But she knows God can use her again today. If He graces you with another day, He can use you again tomorrow. And you might not be in your 80s. You might be in your teens. God can use you today. He can use you again tomorrow. But He's only going to reward you if you diligently seek Him. If you want help with your circumstance, diligently seek the Lord. Hezekiah prayed. Isaiah turned around and went back into him. He said, the Lord's given you 15 more years. (coughs) And Hezekiah wanted to sign. And so Isaiah said, what would you that the Lord would do? Would you, would you that He would move, the, move, the, move time forward? I, I wish I could quote it exactly, Gary. That He would move time forward or that He would move it backward? And so, to prove God, Hezekiah said, would you move the time back? Ain't they time you'd like to have back? I, there is me. There's things I've said, Keith, I wish I could take back in a heartbeat. Things I've done, I wish I'd never done, that I could do. Hezekiah had the Lord set time back, and the clock was set back. It wasn't like that clock. 
on the wall. All I've got to do to move that hand back is turn the knob on the back of it. God moved the sun right. for Hezekiah. Yes. Oh, you believe God's Word? Yes. It says He's no respecter person, isn't it? If He had moved aside for Hezekiah, He loves you and He loves me just the same. For nothing with God shall be impossible. But if we want the impossible, we're going to have to diligently seek Him. Now, let's go back to verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. There may be absolutely no scientific proof, no evidence that what you're asking for can be done. You may have someone on your heart that you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for. And they have, may have met you with cold words. They may have met you with words that were hurtful, that would cut you to the heart, that would cause you to ease off somewhere and tears roll down your face. There is no evidence whatsoever that their cold, cold heart will ever be melted. Have faith. For with God, all things are possible. You know why we talk of, uh, of Elijah? We know why we talk of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know why we speak of Moses? Why we talk about John and Matthew and Luke and so forth and so on. It's because they had faith for by it the elders obtained a good report. You want to know why we talk about Jay and Bonnie Lewis? You want to know why we talk about the Wilsons? You want to know why we talk about saints that have gone on? They all died in faith. And Lord help me when I go to die in faith just like they did. By faith, the worlds were framed. People tried every way in the world to disprove God's Word. Heard Adam Wilson preach this morning, Genesis 1, and God said, Sometimes it's just because God says so. Did you know that? God said, let there be light, and there was light. The earth was void and full of darkness, and God said, let there be light. Now we take that to mean the sign of the moon. Did you know it's a spiritual book? In the New Testament, you know what the light is? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The greater light of the world. greater light to rule the day, a lesser light to rule the night. He is the light. But I go away. Now who's the light? Ye are. It's discouraging, ain't it? People don't take church serious. They don't take their duty and responsibility as a Christian serious. Ye are the light of the world. I'm just scattered here, there, and everywhere today. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. 
let them say what they want to, the church is still going to shine. We're still going to shine. Would a man light a candle and put it under a bushel? No. He'd put it up on a candlestick that he'd give light to all the house. Satan says, John, don't you tell that story one more time. Tell it again. Tell it again. Tell it again. Because it brings light to all the house. By faith, Enoch was translated before he was translated, having this testimony that he pleased God. What a testimony. The only man we read of it escaped death. Even Jesus had to face it. Enoch didn't have to face it. Why? Because he lived a life that pleased God. Wonder how he did that. I'd say he diligently sought the Lord. Now let me say this and I'll be done. You've heard the saying, life is what you make it. Now I know there are certain things beyond our control. My son's one of my son's best friends just this week. He got married Saturday, last Saturday week ago. Sunday was in a, driving a car, driving a truck, going to Florida, about down near Daytona Beach, and there was a car, struck his truck, flipped it 10 times. It hit an electric pole, his, his, his head, struck the glass and he never knew anything else and left this world. But here we are. Could have been my family. Could have been me. Could have been you. What are we going to do with this day that the Lord has made? This is what the Scripture tells us to do with it. Be glad and rejoice Diary. Preacher, you just don't know how hard my life. Well, let's go back to the Bible. My life's not been a bed of roses lately either, but this is what the Bible says. The way, is this not the word? The way of a transgressor is hard. Let's go on. Do you want to? Preacher, you just don't know my life. Those people have talked about me. Those people have shunned me. Cast me out of their presence. That's in the Word of God too. Did you know that? When men shall revile you and cast you out of their presence as evil for my name's sake, rejoice and be excited. That's hard to do, isn't it? I want everybody to like me. I don't know what's in me, why I feel that way. I guess it's just a fault I have. I want everybody to like me, but you know some people won't. There's some people, I've met Gary, a few of them, just a handful. Didn't matter what I did, how much I tried, how hard that I made an effort, they just didn't like me for some reason or another. And I couldn't do anything to change that. 
And that bothered me. But this is what the Bible has to say about that. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great. What are we preaching about? Great is your reward in heaven. See, it really don't matter what those folks think of me. If I've humbled my heart and I'm trying my best to please God, I've got a reward waiting on me. Paul said this, I fought a good fight. I've finished my faith. I've kept the course from hence. I, I believe there were some folks that didn't like Paul. Them men that was over that lady that was the sorcerer, and she lost her ability, they didn't like him very well. They had him beaten, locked up. And you know what Paul had to do about that? At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. And the prisoners heard them. They rejoiced because they were able to suffer shame for His name. Oh, they sought, they prayed, and they sang praises. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know what happened to Paul and Silas? The earthquake came, the doors of the prison were opened, and the jailer thought they'd all escaped, but drew the sword to kill himself. And Paul said, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Paul could have been down in the mouth. Paul could have pitched a pity party like me or you would do. Paul could have felt sorry for himself. But he prayed and he sang praises. Now you think it's a miracle that all the prisoners stayed in the prison? No! That wasn't what the miracle was. The miracle was that the jailer and his whole household got saved. He's a rewarder of them. That diligently seek Him. How diligent have you been? A preacher I used to. Well, what's wrong with you now? Preacher I used to pray all the time. What's wrong with you now? Preacher I used to never miss a church, miss a church service. What's wrong with you now? Preacher, I used to read and study my Bible. What's, that's what's wrong with you now. <laughs> You know, we're just as far away from God as we want to be. If He never crosses your mind, you're pretty far away. Let me just give you this little anecdote. Sometimes it gives me the opportunity to do things outside of what I normally do. Go to a revival, go to a church service somewhere else, Turn on the radio. I heard Frank preach this morning. Did a wonderful job. Turn on the radio. Nearly any time I make a just the least bit of effort, he rewards me. He gives me a little something. Gives me a thought. Gives me a text. Gives me a little scripture to help me go a little farther. And that's not even me being diligent. Can you imagine how this church would be on fire if you and I truly were diligent, truly sought the Lord, truly 
gave our all to him. Did you know that's what he requires? We won't give him what's left over. Now, I've been guilty of that. Been guilty of that a lot. Just came so tired, we couldn't hardly hold our head up. But that's not what God wants. Two new commandments I give you, that they love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Boy, I quoted that quickly, didn't I? Let's go back over that one more time. To love the Lord thy God with all, all, A-L-L, all. Not just what's left over. Not just what I want to do. Not just what I'm comfortable with. I may have to get uncomfortable to give him all, all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, namely this, to love thy neighbor as thyself. On all these hang all the law. Now, if I can do that, I could be diligent. But here we are in 2021, and we just want to do what we're comfortable with. Don't ask me to do this. Don't ask me to do that. Don't expect me. It's not me. You can get by it with the Lord. Don't, don't worry about me. But if you want something from Him, James chapter 1, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For man that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he should receive anything of the Lord, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you really want something from the Lord, and there are some of you here that do, I believe that with all my heart. I've heard you ask, make your request. I believe you really want something from the Lord. Here's how you got to get it. You have to be diligent. You have to. He is a rewarder. Is this a true statement? I found it to be true. Times in my life that I really needed something from the Lord, went before Him with a broken heart and cried, and He heard my prayer and rewarded me. Can you go back to certain times in your life and you say, I know God made that happen. He's not changed, has He? He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Behold, I change not saith the Lord. He's not changed. Is He still got all power? So if He's not changed, and He's still got all power, where's the fault lie? Why, it must be in me. I must not be as diligent as I need to be. He is a rewarder. This is King James Version Bible. Do not believe this because I've preached it to you this morning. Believe it because God said it in His Word. He is a rewarder of them 
that diligently seek Him. Austin and Courtney brought their child today. They want to see the child succeed in life and do well. If they diligently seek the Lord, the Lord will do miracles in that child's life. If they diligently seek the Lord, that little girl might grow up to be one of the greatest soul winners East Tennessee has ever seen. If they diligently seek the Lord, that little girl will not only be a blessing to them today, but tomorrow and when she's 20 and 30 and 50 and 60. See, friend, it's on me and you. What kind of reward we want. We all want the crown, don't we? We all want the mansion, don't we? But now wait a minute. Did you know the crown is a crown of righteousness? Don't we worry about the diamonds and the rubies. It's a crown of righteousness. And if I'm unrighteous, I shouldn't expect a very big crown, should I? And I believe if, it's, if you're crowned with righteousness, all you'll want to do is give it right back to the one that gave it to you. All right. He is a rewarder of them that